0: more of a, a declaration than a message that's been burning on my heart this week. I, I thought I was speaking the last Sunday at the old place until the beginning of this week, and then I realized, oh, man, I'm going to be in the new place. I better go help them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I begin to pray, I begin to lean in, I begin to ask God about about, about what he had. And, and here's what's on my heart. I just want to declare over us uh, and over this place. Um, it's kind of a celebratory Sunday. It's um, the goodness of God. And, and my heart was immediately, uh, Amy Grant, an Amy Grant song came to mind. And I may get the title wrong because that's how it goes with me. But, but it was the theme was if these walls could speak. Did she have a song like that, If These Walls Could Talk, If These Walls Could Speak? I mean, it's like it was a long time ago. But that thought came to me, If These Walls Could Speak, and I thought, I began to, to, to meditate on that. I thought, what are the, what are the stories when the time comes t- to move to someplace else, and, and it will, will, will come at some point, because you can only get so many in here, but what are, the, what are the stories If These Walls Could Speak, what are the stories that they're going to tell and that began to get me thinking about what, what I've been looking for my whole life, a church family that knew the goodness of God. And, I, and then I thought, I want to tell you about some of the searching that I've done. And then I want to end this time, uh, we're going to worship, but I want to end it with some declarations over this place and over what, what, what's going to happen here. When I bought my house 11 years ago, we live a mile that way, so uh, this, uh, this, when we moved, I appreciate it. It was even closer to our house. <laughs> and I still can't guarantee that we won't be five minutes late. And it only takes two minutes to get here. <laughs> when we bought our house 11 years ago, uh, it was during that time, if you recall, when the banks were, were giving you money. <clears throat> might remember. I said, "Sure. You have a down payment?" Nah, don't give that to us. Just we want to give you money. Here's a house. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. So we bought this house and celebrating. Uh, I my wife let me buy it without looking. We'd come uh, from Jackson, Mississippi, and then we moved we moved we came here to 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 move with a missions organization to help them, but we came and we looked at houses and we we, we couldn't find anything while we were here together went home our house sold and we knew we had to have a house then and so I came back by myself and I went with a realtor and we looked around and I found a bunch of houses and then I found this one house and I said I think this is it and I I did it I did a good job imagine imagine men buying a house for your wife sight unseen I might do some marriage counseling afterwards (laughs) But I did all right. We did all right. I, we had a similar thing, an open, open plan. We liked the open kitchen and out to the. And so we've had this house for 11 years. And I remember the first night we got in it, we got there before all our stuff arrived. And and so we went down to the Target and we bought uh, blow up mattresses and and uh, and fans because there's two things we we really need. We need somewhere to sleep and, and a noise maker. That was it. We had blow up mattresses and, and a handful of fans and some blankets and pillows and. And we, we, we went camping, and it was so exciting. We were in our new place. And the next day, and, and over the coming weeks, I did this on a regular basis. I, I walked into each room, and I said, God, this is your house. This is your place. I invite you to move in this room. This was before. We only had two kids at this time. They were very little at the time. I said, I invite you to move in this room. I pray that your spirit and your presence will be manifest here in this place. That my kids will have sweet dreams of you when they fall asleep at night. And I pray over our bedroom, I pray the the goodness of God here, I pray that this would be a safe place, a place of discovering who you are. One of my kids was created there. (laughs) I said, this is a good place, this is a good room. Lord, I'm probably processing over it. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) This room is not dark enough, she said. (laughs) My my beautiful wife is over here. And I went into the kitchen, and I said, this is going to be a place where we're going to gather. In the dining room, we're going to gather around the table. And I prayed the blessing of God in that place. And in our garage and in our yard. I walked our yard, and I prayed over our yard. It's before we had a dog who came and put holes in my yard. My kids really love our dog. And so does my wife. That's why we have a dog. <laughs> and I prayed over the house. And I can take you now. I can take you to, there's a certain spot in our house, in our living room. There's a certain place over the, over the 11 years that we've, for a few years we weren't there, but we're back again. And over the, over the probably nine years that we lived in the house, I can take you to this spot in our living room, and I can tell you about what took place there on the carpet where God came and He met me when I, was in, when I was in desperate need for Him and He came and He fell His presence was so manifest in the room and I could feel Him, I could sense Him <clears throat> and He met me there and, 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 and there was an I don't know how else to say it an angelic visitation meaning I couldn't move and I asked God about it and He said yeah and He gave me a picture and, he, and I saw there were angels in the room I'd heard about them that was the first to see him. Y'all okay? Yeah. If you if you go into this if, if you come to my living room now, you'll probably ask me about it. But but when I have my prayer time, there's, I've told the story before, where I'll put out a sometimes I'll put out a mug for Jesus and a mug for me, of coffee. And I know that sounds weird, but it's it, it, there's the, that invitation of His presence, His presence to come. And I want it when I need it, and I want it when I'm not aware that I need it, but I want them. Amen? Amen. And so I would, it's the same spot. I'd put out a, it's the same spot in the room. And, and only recently, even, even, even uh, three months ago, I, I, how long ago was it we came from back from Bethel? My time frame is bad. Maybe t- three. Two months ago, came back from a trip out west with Jeff, and we'd had some really sweet time with God. And I came home, and God said, I want to spend some time with you. And so I got in the room, and, and I began to walk the room. And, as, and I, I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention, but as I walked through the spot where Jesus has always been invited to sit, as I would walk past that, I would feel the goodness of God. And it was about the fourth or fifth time pacing where I went, oh, my goodness, this spot's holy. There was this... Uh, <clears throat> It, it's biblical. There's this guy by the name of Jacob, you know him? And Esau. You know the story where he's, he's fleeing his brother Esau and he, and he falls asleep. He happens to fall asleep in a place where his, his forefathers, where Abraham, his grandfather, had built an altar to God, a place called Bethel. And he built an altar to God. This was a place of promise from God and a place of encounter where God had given Abram a, a promise. And Jacob, Jacob is fleeing his, his brother Esau and he's, he's, he's running for his life and he doesn't know where he is but he lays his head down. He falls asleep. He takes a stone and he lays his head down on the stone. I never understood that. There had to have been like a pile of dirt is more comfortable than stone. But he, but he got a stone and he laid his head down on the stone and he had a dream and he saw angels ascending and descending upon a ladder up and down from heaven. And he had this encounter with God. You know the story? If these walls could talk. It's in Genesis 28. I'm going to read 16 through 17. I'm amazed these guys have got. Look at, this is incredible. I did come just enough to go. How are they going to pull it off? He wakes up. He has an encounter with God in this place. And he doesn't realize. I don't think he realized at the time that this was the place. But he has an encounter with God in this place. And, 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 and he says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid. and He said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And it became that, that place became known as Bethel, a house of God. I have these places in my house. I have this spot in my house where, where I know I've met with God there. It's, it's not about a place. It's about a revelation of his presence. But I don't want to miss an opportunity this morning to invite him into this place. If these walls could talk when the time is that we leave, what are they going to say? What are the stories that they're going to say about this family? Amen? Yeah. And uh, I was thinking last night, I was going through my, Jeff asked for scripture references. Like he always does, because I don't give them to him. This week I thought I had a pass, because I, 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 no way did I think that we would have this up and running. So it didn't even cross my mind, and he texted me. Too late for him. I knew he's he's been working hard. He texted me, scripture references, and I went, "Oh yeah, I've, I mean I've got some. I, let me go get them for you." But I I I was in the process of thinking through, and 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 then later that evening I began to think through um, some of my some of my journey, and I remember I remember when I was 15 years old, I uh, we heard about this. We were in the, lived in the northwest. And we heard about this this church in uh California. Vineyard something. Vineyard church or something. A guy by the name of John Wimber was the pastor. You ever heard of it? Yeah, you have. And uh so we went down because we, we heard some things about this house. We heard we heard this family, in this family people were getting healed. And and we heard that promises and resources were being released. And and we heard we heard families and marriages, marriages were being re- redeemed and restored, and, and prodigals were coming home. And we'd, we'd heard some of these things. They were making their way up. We didn't have Facebook, so they were actually coming via people who'd been there. And and, and so um, we went down. I was 15. I was just, I was t- too young to drive. I was just, I wished I could have driven, but I was just before that. We went down, and, and I remember being in a room, and I'd been to church my whole life, and, and i I knew church was a sweet place, I knew Jesus was there, but I was in this room, and it was it was actually shaped like this. it was this half circle, but it was about six thousand people and maybe I, somewhere in there four to six thousand people I was fifteen. It was a lot and the The man on the stage was 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 talking about the goodness of God, and then he said, "I see the Spirit of God falling in this place. I see him falling and he put his hand out, and as he put his hand out i was i was I was like all the way over here, so I could see across to over here, and I'm standing, and I I look over, and I watch, and have you ever been to a a stadium, and the wave comes by, and everybody stands, yay, and you see it coming, and then you start to get excited, it's coming, and you you get to be a part of it, and off it goes again, and it just keeps going about the sixth time, you're like, okay, this is not as much fun anymore, (laughs) trying to watch the game, but you feel obligated, because everybody... You know what I'm talking about? The wave. Have you seen it? It comes, it comes racing through. This was like the wave, but it was opposite. I was looking, and I watched, as he, as he said, I see the Spirit of God falling in this place, and he put his hand out. I watched people fall, dominoes all the way across the room, and I'm standing over here, and I'm like, I have no idea if this is God or if this is Biblical. I didn't know what was going on. I just went, I don't know what this is. This is kind of cool, kind of interesting. Here it comes. And then I was on the ground. And I laid on the ground. I, and listen, nothing crazy, nothing mystical. I'm just telling you my, my story, my experience. I'm on the ground, and all I know is this, that he loves me. Yeah. And I want more of him. Yeah, yeah. And I smiled, and I laughed, and I cried a little bit. Because I, I knew that he loved me, and I wanted more of him. A couple years Down the road, I'm in Bible college and I I hear about this place called Toronto Airport. It also was a vineyard at the time. You heard of it? Yeah. And uh, we were hearing stories. People were getting healed, diseases were being healed, and uh, blind eyes were being opened. And uh, we were hearing about marriages being restored and the prodigals coming home. And so uh, I got permission. At school, I got permission. We had a curfew. I went to school with a curfew. It was a six-inch rule. <laughs> I dated a senior. So it was a three-inch rule because she was a senior. Was special privileges. Making that stuff up. <laughs> totally kidding. Not about the six inch rule. That was real. Yeah. I had to get permission. I got permission because <clears throat> we were going to be up past curfew. <clears throat> and we drove. It was a three hour drive. I went with some buddies and we went to this place. And this fella. First of all, you know, I, I, I went home when I, everybody fell down. I, I heard about the, this story afterwards about everybody falling down. I went, I don't know. What that means? Everybody falling down. I don't even understand it. I don't know it was God, but then I uh, then I heard I, I, I heard about uh, how Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration and couldn't stand because his presence was so glorious. I went, huh? It's in the Bible. So we 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 go up to Toronto, three-hour drive with these guys we get up there and we walk in and uh, I mean as soon as I walk in I go oh man something really cool is happening here oh something amazing is happening here I can just I can I can feel hope I feel hope and promise I'm I'm really excited about what God's doing and and uh and they had a service and they prayed over us and and there's beautiful stuff happening and some strange stuff happening all, all together at the same time and, and then this guy comes by and, and I'm hungry, I want more of God I just want more of him and this guy comes walking by and he's, he's not quite walking straight and I'm thinking to myself I, I'm pretty sure he's been here all night and uh, I'm pretty sure he hasn't been drinking but I'm not sure I want him to pray for me He's praying for people, and some of them are laughing when he prays. Some aren't doing anything. Some are crying, and he's starting to get close to me, and I'm thinking, man, I, that guy's kind of wobbly. That's a little weird. I don't. Th-. And then he prayed for me, and I, I just began to feel the goodness of God, and I can't explain it. I just knew that I knew that he loved me and that he was good. And then he had, he had things he wanted to show me about who he was and new ways to describe who He was to me, and He had a promise and a purpose for my life. And I had to sit down because I couldn't stand up. I was a little wobbly. (laughs) And I can't explain why I was wobbly. I don't know. But I had to sit down. I know I hadn't had anything to drink. I was positive. (laughs) I've, I've never had too much to drink. So this was a whole new experience. I had to sit down. Am I scaring you? Are you okay? Great. And then I heard about this time in Acts where... The Holy Spirit falls in a room. In a room in a place like this, the presence of God falls in a in a way that's beyond what's been experienced before by these people. And they begin to wobble a little bit and talk a little bit to the point where those that came and began to see them thought maybe they'd had too much to drink, and I thought, huh, it's in the Bible. few years later, well, probably 10 years later, just about the time we moved here, I, I heard about this place out in California called Bethel. We were just there. And I heard, I heard that there were miracles taking place. The presence of God was real in that house, that cancer was being healed, and deaf ears, And uh, marriages were being restored, and the prodigal was coming home. So, caught in a plane, and I went out to that place. I had a guy, while I was there, say, "Hey, I want to show you a spot here in this building." He said, "I want to show you a spot where the presence of God is felt." I said, oh, I know about that. I got one of those in my house. And he took me to that spot, and I kind of walked through it. And I went, yeah, it feels a little like this. He loves me, and he's so good. And now I'm hungry for more. So I was thinking through this last night, and I was thinking, my whole life, my whole life has been, and particularly my adult life, has been a, a search for a family and a house that would host its presence. That would say yes to him. That wouldn't be worried about whether we fall down or stand up. It's not about any of that. Wouldn't be worried if he, he wanted to come in a way in which we got a little wobbly. You know, weren't worried about that. Weren't worried about uh, it being it being outside the box of our unders- or the scope of our understanding, but a place that would say yes to him, a place that would say it's about his presence, it's about the manifest presence of God being in a, in a room. It's not about the room, but it's about the people in the room and what they have determined this room will be used for. Yeah. so that. blind eyes will be opened and deaf ears will be opened and marriage is restored and the prodigal come home amen, amen. amen. I uh, I got these it was a late night last night we got going. and You all doing okay? Yeah. What kind of stories are going to be told by the people in this room that these walls contain? Hmm? I was uh, telling a story from a stage a few years ago about my dad. He was, he was in a, uh, a business. He had his business at the time and and he, was, he had a door business selling doors, and a fellow came in, and uh, he was an East Indian fellow, Hindu. <clears throat> Hindu, is that the East Indian? That's the one, right? Yes. My dad said it was Hindu. He came in the store, and he was limping, in a lot of pain. My dad had talked to him on the phone, and he'd, he'd had something happen to his hip. He was in a lot of pain, and, and he wanted to talk about doors. And my dad, my dad said, well, you know what? I said, I've seen God heal legs. Why don't you, can I just pray for you? And I don't even think he's told him that yet. He said, can I just listen? Is it all right if I pray for you? I, I, think, uh, I think you look like you're in a lot of pain. And so so that he sat down, and, 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 and my dad said, he said, can I pick up your feet? And he picked up his feet, and one was shorter than the other. And my dad, said, my dad said, in the name of Jesus, and before he got anything else, in the name of Jesus, the, the leg began to grow out. I've seen this miracle. The leg began to grow out. And the guy was going, whoa, 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 whoa. And my dad just began to laugh. And he said, go ahead, go ahead. You see this? Go ahead, stand up. He stood up. He's perfectly healthy. (laughs) Then they went back to talking doors. He tells me this story. You get to tell him this is Jesus. And it wasn't about necessarily bringing the man to salvation. It was about introducing the man to salvation. Right? So he tells me the story. And he tells me a story just a couple days before I'm about to speak. So I'm like, man, I, I want those stories. So I get up, and as I'm, as I'm talking, I, before I give my message, I say, I want to tell you a story that happened to my dad this week. And by the way, um, in the testimony is your right to be healed. So feel free to get healed while I'm talking. I'm at a Methodist church. <laughs> then I tell the story a little longer than that. There's three services. This is the second service. In between the second and third service, a lady comes running down the hall. She's running down the aisle, meets me at the front. She grabs my hand. She's really excited, and she says to me, "I had sat down. I made it through the service. I have sciatic nerve, and I was in such pain. I was in such pain, and I was. I just decided. I, I think I'm going to go home. When you said you have the right to be healed, and all the pain left immediately." It hasn't come back. She's like, I, I haven't felt this good in a long time. I went, wow. I uh, was thinking last night. I was remembering these stories. I, I, remember. I remember, uh, I remember um, praying over a young lady. It was, it was this time of year. It was just after. It was New Year. Just like a couple days into the New Year. I didn't know anything about her. And I came in to a room. We were praying for people, and there was a group of. And so I was praying, and God was kind of giving me some words, and I had a word for it, and I said, listen, I didn't know what it was, I didn't know what it meant, but I, it was just kind of this declaration signal. I said, I believe that God is saying to you that he's going to restore to you two times over what the enemy took from you this year. She began to weep. I thought, oh, okay. I, I later found out that she'd, she'd had a miscarriage, it was her third. Within two months... A young lady in the church, uh, part of a family, had, had gotten pregnant, teenager got pregnant out of wedlock. They took, they, that family was such a restorative story, an amazing story. They came to, they came to this couple, and they said, we, wanna, we want you to adopt this baby. We want to be in this baby's life, but we want you to adopt this baby. It was an amazing story, and the whole church celebrated, and we went, oh, this is phenomenal. About six months into her pregnancy, they got pregnant. I have two girls six months apart. Awesome. I was in a counseling session one time with a couple. My wife told me I'd make a good counselor at Bible college when we were dating and then married. And I thought, huh, and I thought that'd be cool until I looked at how much schooling was involved in it. <laughs> right? Three years. Three years. That's like two years, 11 months, and 20 days too many for me. Just looking up how long it takes was enough work for me. I'm not much of an academic school guy, so as soon as I saw how much schooling was involved, I went, yeah, that's probably not for me, so then God made me a family pastor later on. Which essentially means you get to do a lot of the same stuff, but don't get paid nearly as much. (laughs) And you don't get to call yourself a counselor. Anyway, I'm in a session with this couple They'd asked to meet about about um, they'd asked to meet about uh, communication and so, and so on. And I have done some reading and and thankfully uh, the Lord had prepared me uh, this. For for years, and so we're in there, and I'm talking about your love languages, and we're having a great time. And I'm talking about being intentional about setting time aside, you know, getting away from the kids, you know. I'm talking about we go through some finances. We're just hitting the little stuff because that's what I thought this was. But every time we get to a close, I'd say I I feel like there's more, and I didn't even know why I was saying it. I just because I was praying, and I was praying. I said I feel like there's more, and and about the fourth time, I'm out of stuff. They're out of stuff. And the, lo- the woman says, she's getting uncomfortable. She looks at me and she says, uh, what do you mean? And I, and I think, I don't know what I mean. And I'm about to say, let's, let's go ahead and close this when her husband breaks down and begins to confess the affairs he's had over the last five years. Oh, that's what there's more means. And so we're in a room where hopelessness comes immediately. But here's what I've learned. I'd learned this in counseling. First of all, my responsibility as a counselor is I am the one with hope always, right? I don't know if that's how counsel you you counsel, but I knew this. I knew that I was the one with hope and I knew that the only only thing I got, the only thing I got, I got Holy Spirit and I know that love is bigger. I know it. I know it to my roots. I know it to my core. And so I can be in a room and go, love is bigger than this. Love can redeem this. Love can restore this. Love can save this. Love is greater than this. Love can save the legacy of this family. And so the whole time I'm keeping a straight face because I know that's one of the rules as I'm hearing these things, I'm thinking, good Lord. And at the same time I'm keeping a straight face because I'm the person with hope and I know love is bigger than this, right? And so as I'm as I'm there, I begin to release the love of God of this place. He's repenting. He comes clean. He is coming clean. And then she begins to get hope. He begins to get she begins to forgive him. And I'm not telling a lie here over the course of two and a half hours, we were about an hour in when this happened, so over the course of the next hour and a half I watched this couple navigate things they hadn't navigated in 20 years, and they were at the end of this time, they were embracing each other, weeping, and it was such an intimate interaction, I had to step back I felt like I I shouldn't even be a part of this this is so holy, and beautiful and wonderful, because the goodness of God came into the room, and she was able to begin the process of forgiveness, and he was able to begin the process of of repentance yes, they had counseling to go to, sure, that. They had all kinds of stuff, but we're set up for that. What we needed was an encounter with his presence, with the love of God that was so powerful, a holy space where we could meet and the goodness of God would come. Nothing would interfere. This is the place where hope is. This is the place where love is. This is a safe place where you can come and be restored and redeemed. And what I witnessed was an absolute miracle, the power of which would be an eye opening or an ear opening. And I left and I went, that's... i want to read one more scripture to you. And then I want to do some declarations. And we worship a little bit. You guys okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm reminded. I'm remembering a story. I had this guy. I was out for a run. Are you all okay? Yeah. The clock's there. I just looked at it for the first time. <laughs> I'm out for a run. And now I'm ignoring it. <laughs> and and I'm running and I get a phone call. Unknown number. Guy calls me. Unknown. <coughs> Hello? Hi, my name is, he gives me his name. Let's call him uh, Sanderson. Hello, Sanderson, how are you? Is this Jason Clark? Yeah. And so he's uh, back and forth. Hey, uh, I heard about you from uh, the church that I, a friend of mine goes to this church. And Are you going to that church? I said, yeah. Are you on staff? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. He said, wonderful. And, and I'm trying to figure out what he wants. He's like, oh, "I really like. I'd like to uh, talk with you." I'm like, "Okay, can we set a time?" He's like, "No, no. I really want to talk to you right now." And I'm like, so, "Okay." Uh, and he keeps going. I finally I said, I said, "Sanderson." I said, "Sanderson, help me out here. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why you've called me." And he says, "I need Jesus. Are, are you not a Christian?" No. I need Jesus. And you just called me on the phone. <laughs> Do, do we know each other? No? Never met? We've never met. Just call me on. The, okay. Hey, I know how to do that. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you to Jesus right now. And you're going to enter the kingdom of God. This going to be the best thing you ever did. And I led him to the Lord. Over the phone. Some stranger called me and asked me to lead him to Jesus. I don't know how he got I don't know, still to this day I could probably find out cuz for the next 6 6 months or so we would get together over coffee he was a detective on a on a police squad and it was, it was like oh my goodness this is guy's legit like you know and so and I I just counseled him eventually handed him over to some some friends and and uh, he's thriving and we're friends on Facebook <laughs> thriving married kids I want more of those stories. I'm going to read you this 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 story here. And uh, sorry, Jeff, it was like two in the morning when I thought of this, and I thought I'm not going to text him with this with this one. Acts, Acts two. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. In one place, they gathered. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were staying in Jerusalem, and there were a lot of Jewish people from all over there. And they heard a great rumbling, they heard a noise. When they heard this sound, they came came together in bewilderment because each one had heard these people in the room speaking in their language. It's a little strange. Scripture goes on to talk about all the different languages that, that were being heard. Amazed and perplexed, all those that had come and gathered, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? About 3,000 were saved that day. Because some sons and daughters gathered in a room and they said, this is the place where the presence can fall. And when the presence fell, it fell in such a powerful way that people were calling them up to get saved. Y'all stand up. What are the stories that these walls are going to tell? This is my heart. My heart is that they will tell stories of the lives in this room, of healing and miracles, blind eyes opening and deaf ears opening, sickness and disease being removed, being made whole, restoration, Amen that they would tell stories of the prodigal coming home. Anybody have a prodigal right now in their life? Go ahead and raise your hand. Let's take a moment right now. Lord, I declare that the prodigals come home. Say it right now. We declare the prodigals come home. In Jesus' name where marriages are restored and families are made whole and families are the legacy. Amen? Declare this with me. Ah, we got it. I'm going to read it with you. We declare this to be a place that hosts God's presence. Where worship is as natural as breathing, where the lost are found, saved, and set free, where marriages are restored and the prodigals come home and families are made whole, where healing, restoration, provision, and resources are daily expressions of salvation, where the prophetic is revealed and God's perspective becomes ours where there is peace, joy, hope, and resurrection life, where we are transformed, in turn, carried in transformation into our city, state, country, and throughout the world, where our kids can know and become loved, where their hopes and dreams can be inspired of God, where they can have greater access to all of our Heavenly Father. And finally where the resources of heaven are always within reach, we declare on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? (laughs) Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus.